Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to be here in this place with us this morning. We trust that you have kept your promise and are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit. We have been in Epiphany this season after Christmas for several weeks now. It's actually almost over. Uh, Lent starts soon, if you can believe that. But for now, Epiphany. And you'll recall that Epiphany is the season of the church year in which we consider God's revelation of himself to the world. Christmas, of course, is when he actually arrives. That's the incarnation. But Epiphany, this season after Christmas, is when we think about the impact that his coming must necessarily have on us. The cover, if you will, has been lifted off the lamp and we can see what God has in store. Remember the wise men, right? After they met Jesus, after they saw God revealed in Jesus, they went home by a different road. Meeting Jesus changes everything. Something new is happening. And in light of that new thing, nothing can ever be the same. And Isaiah echoes that sentiment in our reading this morning. Of course, he's writing hundreds of years before the actual arrival of Jesus at Christmas. But he's echoing the idea that everything is going to be different now. This is his exclamation in chapter 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hasn't someone told you, he's saying, everything is different now. But interestingly, in the course of our little section of Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet makes this declaration twice in verse 21 and again in verse 28, but follows each time he makes the proclamation with something different, two different things that we're supposed to know, two different things that we should have heard, two different ways in which God is revealed. The first time in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 21 and following, he says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. If we continue, we would see his power. Scarcely they are planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root when he blows on them and they wither. The tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal? This is Isaiah's first announcement. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Hasn't someone told you how awesome God is? He sits above the circle of the earth while you earthlings 
are like grasshoppers. Even the rulers of the earth are nothing compared to him. This is announcement number one. God is awesome. You are not. But then in verse 28, Isaiah has another exclamation, another announcement. But this one sounds different. Listen again. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will be faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is Isaiah's second exclamation, his second announcement. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Hasn't someone told you how merciful God is? He gives strength to the weak. He refreshes the powerless. People who wait on him will be able to rely on his power, even though they have none of their own. So this is announcement number two. You are needy. God is merciful. Now these two announcements. Have you not known? Have you not heard? God is great. And God is merciful are a wonderfully succinct summation of God's two announcements of his people, two true things that he wants us to know about him. First, the bad news, announcement one, I am God and you are not. Compared to me, you're a grasshopper, less than a grasshopper. Even your princes and kings are nothing compared to me. This is reminiscent of last week's reading from Mark 1, if you'll remember When the unclean spirit recognizes Jesus as the Holy One of God. Have you come to destroy us? The spirit demands to know, acknowledging his lowly status before God's holiness. After all, God brings kings and princes to nothing. I can't help but remember what the Lord says to Job when Job finally works up the courage to ask God why he has had to undergo such suffering. You know the story, right? Uh, The Lord and Satan make a sort of wager about Job's faithfulness. Satan is sure that Job only loves God because he has been so blessed, because God has been so good to him. He's positive that if Job begins to suffer, he'll turn his back on God. To prove otherwise, God allows Satan to torture Job, killing his wife and children, allowing his livestock to die, and covering his body with awful sores. And to add insult to this injury, while he's undergoing all this terrible suffering, Job has three friends who tell him over and over that he must have wronged God in some way for this to be happening to him. He must have done something to deserve This punishment. And finally, Job is worn down. He wonders, maybe just for a minute, if his friends are right. So he goes to God and he asks, Why are these things happening to me? 
And in Job chapter 38, God answers him. Here's what God says. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Have you commanded the morning since your days began? Caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. In other words, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, God Almighty. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He is the one who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught, makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Job, God is saying, you are a grasshopper. And the same is true of us. In our humanness, relative to Almighty God, grasshoppers, each and every one of us. And listen, no one likes to be called a grasshopper. I understand it sounds like bad news. And to us prideful people, it sounds like really bad news. But this is only bad news if we forget who God is. If God was in the business of sitting above the circle of the earth and crushing grasshoppers, punishing those servants who were disobedient to him like Job's friends insisted, then a God like that, looking down at us grasshoppers, would be bad news indeed. We can't give him anything, either by good works or appropriate offering to stave off his judgment. After all, he sits above the circle of the earth. We are merely grasshoppers. Compared to him, even princes and kings are nothing. But as always, good news comes with actually knowing our God. God who reveals himself. The result of hearing Isaiah's first announcement that God is sitting above the circle of the earth, that you are but a grasshopper compared to him, being shown to be weak, faint, weary, and exhausted, mere grasshoppers, the result of hearing that is that we can be reminded that our God is also the God of Isaiah's second announcement. The announcement that God has good news for people who can offer him nothing. Our God amazingly gives us something. He gives us, weak and sinful people, his mercy and grace. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. After I graduated from college, 
I participated in a prison ministry called Kairos. Kairos exists all over the United States. It's a version of the, well, the more well-known renewal ministries like Walk to Emmaus and Curcio. Kairos is a weekend of talks and fellowship with and among inmates in a prison. My group went to Calipatria State Prison in Calipatria, California, which is a hard scrabble town in between Yuma, Arizona and San Diego, California. There's almost nothing there except the prison. It's baking hot all the time. It is a desperate and desolate place. Now, Calipatria is a level four prison, maximum security, and it houses some of the worst offenders you'll find in the correctional system. And we went inside for a weekend to proclaim the gospel to these men. Now, I don't want to overstate the danger. We were well protected, and only inmates who had been um, approved and qualified for the program could attend. And I, I also don't want to overstate my role. I was the new guy serving alongside men who had been doing this ministry for years, and they did almost everything. I'll tell you this, though. Being checked through the gates of a maximum security state prison is not something that I will ever forget. And that environment, the razor wire and the guard towers and everything else that comes with it, makes you feel like a grasshopper. A grasshopper waiting to be crushed. It makes you feel small and weak. It makes you feel like nothing. Isaiah's words ring true there. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He who stretches out the heavens like a curtain spreads them like a tent to live in who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. These prisoners were less than grasshoppers. They had been brought to naught, made nothing. And yet, this was not God's only announcement to the men incarcerated in Calipatria State Prison. Every day, at the end of our time together, one of the guys in our group would pull out a guitar, We'd fire up an old transparency projector and we would sing I'll Fly Away, the classic gospel song by Albert Brumley. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. When the shadows of this life have gone, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars has flown. I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away to a land where joy shall never end. I'll fly away. I promise you, you have never sung a gospel song until you have sung I'll fly away with men carrying life sentences. Like a bird from prison bars has flown. I'll fly away. They were grasshoppers, but they were not crushed. No, indeed, they had been set free. 
The announcement that sets us free is a song that God sings specifically to the grasshoppers, to the weak, to the weary, to the faint. It's a song sung to prisoners. And yes, it's a song sung to the obvious prisoners like the men in that prison or to Job, but it's also a song sung by God to simpler prisoners, prisoners like you, like me. And I can tell you what those convicted criminals actually knew. I could hear it in their voices, that this is a song that actually bursts prison doors open. Job is restored. And those prisoners in California, no matter their circumstance, felt that they had been set free. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus said that in Luke chapter 4, quoting a different place in Isaiah chapter 61. But how does that work? How can Jesus accomplish this? How can the God who sits above the circle of the earth also give mercy and grace to grasshoppers? How can prison doors be thrown open? Well, St. Paul puts it this way, and I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to combine a couple of sentences from two different letters of St. Paul. The first from Philippians 2 and the second part from 2 Corinthians 5. So here we go, a a St. Paul remix, if you will. Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For our sake, he who knew no sin became sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is how it works. The good news of the gospel. The very God who sits above the circle of the earth became a grasshopper. This is Isaiah's second announcement. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Yes, Isaiah is saying, he is awesome. He is above the circle of the earth. You are a grasshopper at best. But, says Isaiah, he gives power to the faint, strengthens the powerless, 
Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is a God who desires mercy. This is a God who offers grace. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Our God is holy and almighty, and we aren't. But have you not known? Have you not heard? Our God is merciful and forgiving. Our God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born for us, to live for us, to die for us, to be resurrected for us all, to set us free. He became a grasshopper for you. Philippians 2, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Almighty God, who sits above the circle of the earth, became a grasshopper for you. And he was crushed for you. Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Have you not known? Have you not heard? God is holy. You aren't. But have you not known? Have you not heard? God is merciful. Jesus proclaims himself as good news to the poor. The poor, like you. He proclaims himself as liberty to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. The captives and the blind, like you. Jesus himself sets at liberty those who are oppressed. The oppressed, like you, and on account of him and the gift of his life for yours, you can receive the Lord's favor and like a bird escaping from prison walls, be free. Thanks be to God. Amen.